Hello, hello, Nathan. <laughs> or should I say, hello, everyone? Nope, don't do that, yeah, please. No. <laughs> Welcome once more to Reckless Attack, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. I am, as always, your game master, Nathan. So excited to be joined by you, our dear listener, as well as all of these lovely players who are very happy with me right now <laughs> uh, and happy with the situation that they and their characters find themselves in but you know i i am i'm i'm having a great time mm -hmm. i'm very excited i'm <laughs> i have so many things ahead of me just the world is my oyster my oyster to cast high level spells upon to nope. uh mash with uh bones and uh arms and other such uh appendages and really just kind of finally finally really cut loose on you guys you guys have been having it too easy for too long <laughs> you know and uh and tonight going to change tonight we're going to do things a little differently by that i mean i'm going to murder all of your characters i'm sorry the end of an era yep <laughs> we had a couple of good combats where nathan realized like we weren't doing enough damage or we weren't taking enough damage yeah, exactly and now, now it's over now <laughs> yeah. it's over exactly balance to my right is hey everyone my name is steve and i am playing self Asterlin, the dragonborn monk whose short-term goal is to make sure that the mummy remains fully encrypted. That is all. <laughs> we all tried our best to just only stare at Steve yeah, yeah. and give no reaction, and we failed. Encryption means something very different to me, and so I was like, I why is he going to be scrambled and undecipherable? I was going to yeah. say, that, I don't know. Which also is a good thing if he's scrambled and undecipherable. And to my right... Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play... Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And I was really hoping, like, this was going to be, like, Kaskrin's magnum opus, where he's surrounded by stone, and it's going to be a great time. But actually, we're in a tomb, and it's not great. There's still stone. Does that help? I was going to say, like, I was going to be really excited to be surrounded by stone, but not like this. Ah, got it, got it. Yeah, no, that's fair. You are deep in a mountain. Yes. With impending doom. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's no good. And to my right... Hi everyone, I'm Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And I still maintain that we should just give this mummy a friend in the form of another mummy, and that would solve all of our problems. <laughs> and why won't you just let me plant these beans, Val? This is just... Because it's a one in a hundred chance? I got plenty of beans. Throw <laughs> <laughs> the dice, baby. Yeah, right? Come on. I appreciate that in this, the Checkers subscribes to the Jason Mendoza school of problem solving from The Good Place, mm -hmm. which is that he solved all of his problems through throwing a Molotov cocktail, mm -hmm. which was every time I had a problem, I would throw a Molotov cocktail and boom, suddenly I would have a different problem. Wow. And that's <laughs> what you do with a bag of beans, I mm -hmm. think. Right. Yeah. And to my right. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. And Vale is very excited that all of her knowledge of mummies and different types of undead has been useful today. But also, real sad that 
She might die too. <laughs> that oh, no. knowledge, knowledge is unfortunately there is a cost to she it. She knows exactly how this mummy could kill yeah, her yeah, yeah, and yeah. trap her in this tomb forever. Yeah, it's no good. That's right, everyone. We have a mummy fight on our hands. You guys uh, have been searching for the layer of this creature that Val sussed out to be a mummy of some sort. You did a lot of searching. You did a lot of kind of fact-finding. You did a lot of tapping on walls to see, ooh, this one sounds different. Mm, what's going on over here? And long story short, good news, you successfully found the lair of Nalgrog the Deathless. Yay! And you also, wow, you also found out some amount of information about the fate of Darthon's partner, who had gone missing and now appears to also be here in this tomb. Maybe alive, maybe undead, it's not really clear. And there's also a mummified head on fire that is cackling and also floating towards you all, talking about how yada yada, my name is Nalgrog, thank you so much. I had tried to eat you outside using my minions, but you guys just uh, just door dashed me and you mm-hmm. brought me my meal. And that's so exciting. So great news. I can finally do the work of truly purifying this mountain. Finally, after what must have been so much disuse and and disrespect. And I'll do it using your bones and your blood and or souls. I vote. No thanks. Mm, okay. Val, well, no scoses. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I can only think of one fair way to truly decide this. Not to say that no scoses, of course, is not the ultimate arbitrator of all undesirable tasks. <laughs> but I think I think what we gotta do, unfortunately, is roll for initiative. Ah. Oof. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Checkers with a twenty-three. Nice. Yeah, you said, oh, wow. no. I, I did say, I I don't feel like I have very many good options, even if I'm going first, which uh, is why I said, oh, no. Fair. Selve with a 19. Cast Grin with a 10. Hey, Val, what'd you get? A 7. Okay, that's not, it, it could be worse. Yeah. I would like to ask, before we start initiative, as we have been going down this hallway before we got trapped, was there the opportunity for us to cast buffs and other hour-long spells? <laughs> uh, hour-long spells? Hour-long spells. Yes. Okay. Neat. <laughs> I am casting Armor Vagathus on myself. So I will have 10 temporary HP. Please don't touch me, oh God. <laughs> so the only other thing that I will say is as you guys were walking through, and I didn't bother doing this because it was the end of the episode and why bother with the bookkeeping? Darthon would have also cast a spell. Kaskrin and Selv and which of the two of Checkers or Val wants a little little extra buffer HPs? Checkers because I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow's so like I'm being nice, but I would, really like to. I, I would like to take this extra HP, please, and thank you. Uh, and he's more not, likely to not be for up myself, front. but for Mango. It, Our dear boy, man. Got it, yeah. (laughs) You all are the recipient of the aid spell, which is cast at third level. 
the spell bolsters your allies, which you are all allies. Wow. Wow. You guys are friends. With toughness and resolve, choose up to three creatures, you three, within range. Your target's hit point maximum and current hit points increase by five for the next eight hours. Is it a third level spell? Yes. So it's ten. So, yeah, it is a third level spell. Thank you. So that means it is uh, ten total HPs extra. Before we before we get going, how's everyone feeling? Because it was a a raucous last mm. combat, uh, going against that giant pile of bones that were trying to rip out skeletons from flesh and shoot little like javelins around, explode generally. So how's how's everyone doing right now? Well, based on last, uh, I am actually at full hit points after the short rest that we mm. had. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I am down two of my key points for using Patient Badger listens to a for be able searching. to find this particular hidden uh, corridor. Well, great. You found it. Isn't that great news? Lovely. Fantastic. Totally worth it. Mal wishes we had time to plan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That would have been better. I, Jonathan, am very sad because I am out of second level spell slots, which mm. means I did not have a billion for this. Oh, no! Yeah. <laughs> we are all at a loss. Right? Which is why I'm like, mm, I don't have many good options now without <laughs> billion. Mm. Again, what am I? I can't. Are you expect me to play a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast without four frogs? Right. I have become accustomed to a certain <laughs> lifestyle. Thank you right. very much. Excuse me, Nathan. And three frogs is not enough frogs. Right. Caspian's actually fine. (laughs) No problems. So, this place is currently poorly lit. As the scale, as the head alights, braziers of like, you know, kind of those like incense sensors, Mm -hmm. actually, that look kind of eerily reminiscent of what the followers of the shambling saint were holding. Hmm. Um, not Definitely not the same ones, just in the same of like... <laughs> the same spirit. That's what it is. That's yeah, what okay. it is. They okay. are, they, Thank you for clarifying. Multiple people can have uh, different kinds of the same things. But these ancient things just also light up and they're all this kind of greenish fire that is now filling this whole room with light. As these two creatures are kind of flying towards you, checkers. Mm-hmm. You get to act first. Lovely. And they are barreling down straight at you guys. So Checkers is still a little bit in shock at having been trapped inside this tomb deep within the mountain, which is one of his least favorite places to be, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And he finds himself in this large giant's chapel. And you mentioned that this place is lined with these sort of stone pews or and there's an altar at the end of this that is also sarcophagus yes and yeah there are some kind of run down stone pews that are giant sized there's only like three or four rows but they are there and there are also other sarcophagi kind of dotting around the side of this room as well and charging directly at us is this bony withered stone giant yes slowly getting covered in more bones yes So what Checkers is going to do is he is going to try to entangle the storm giant running at us with the spell Entangle. So Checkers causes this grasping seaweed to come up around the feet of this storm giant. But the creature itself is very large, right? You said like 35 feet tall or something? Correct. 
Okay. I think so it is huge, if not whatever one is above huge. Gargantuan? It could be, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, wow. So it's just going to like appear underneath one of her feet, basically, and try to wrap around it. Awesome. DC 15 strength saving throw, which is probably not that hard. <laughs> I rolled a one on the die. Wow. And I pass. Ah! <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? Uh, it is because it is a strength saving yeah. throw. It is okay. not all saves. I want to be very clear. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. So I'm hoping that the slimy sludge that the seaweed turns into slows her down maybe a little bit so that Mango, who's going to dash, is going to jump on top of some of the pews mm-hmm. here in an effort to try to get onto the back of this storm giant. So it is still like 60 some feet away, I think. Like it hasn't acted and like run the full width yet. Okay. So are you like readying an action or anything along those lines? So yeah, both Checkers and Mango will get in position. Checkers riding on top of Mango. Got it. And Mango will ready to jump on top of the storm giant as she runs by. Okay, awesome. And now it is the desiccated head of Nalgrog the Deathless. Heck. <laughs> and this head, wreathed in flames, comes roaring, flying across the room. And I would like Kaskarin... Selv, and Valeska Carter, and Darthon, who is also in combat, to roll a dexterity saving throw, please. Why is it always dexterity? Kaskrin rolled a four, so that's a three. Bell with a 14. Selv with an 11. Uh, 14 was the high, is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Well, Darthon too has to roll. Oh, that's true. I forgot about Darthon. Well, the five on the die, yeah. not he's so dexterous. De- he is for a giant. He's much stronger, <laughs> as, as you may now yeah. guess. Um, so, as this laughter emanates, it's horrible, kind of like death rictus grimace opens, and from inside of it, casts this moat that flies towards you all, which detonates on top of all three of you as this casts fireball on you all. No. Uh. I believe that is 8d6 damage and you all failed. No! <laughs> yep. 31 points of fire <laughs> damage. Holy shit. My HP. <laughs> and this, again, this moat comes and just detonates and this green flame just erupts all around you guys and it is just like burning all of your skin and just feels not like other fire that you've ever felt before, but burns you all the same. <laughs> you will make a wonderful feast. And that's the end of his turn. Self, what would you like to do? So how far is Nalgrog? Uh, I'd say it's, it's well within you running to it. I think it's 30 or 40 feet away. Okay. Um, However, whatever the distance for fireball to be cast. That's like 120 feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Maybe it's a little farther than that. It's that's 150 feet. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> well, now Rog really wants to be up close and personal when he destroys you. Yeah. We'll, say, we'll say he's more 60 feet away. Okay, that is perfectly fine. I am going to 
spend a key point and use Fangs of the Frost Wolf. And I am going to basically breathe into my hand a little bit to make like an ice knife. Mm-hmm. And then I am going to throw it at him. First of all, it's an attack roll. And then there is a dexterity save on Nalfrog's awesome. part. I'm assuming a nine does not hit. It does not. So it does not get hit by the ice knife, <laughs> but but then the ice knife it does an explosion. Yeah, fair. So that's where the dexterity saving throw is. DC 14. Failure. Okay. He's too busy cackling. And he <laughs> takes the full 2d6 of Ooh. cold damage. Ooh. For seven points. <laughs> you think that because I am wreathed in fire that your cold can affect me? No. No. <laughs> it takes no damage. It takes no damage. Wow. Okay. Go- Jeez. Good to know. Is Nalgrog just like Nathan's self-insert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. This combat, I tweaked a few a few numbers here and there, but it is one of the few in months, I'll say, <laughs> that I've run straight out of the book. I will I will give a quick uh, yell out in case somebody missed that. Cold is no good. And then I will start to move down one of the aisles of pews, just so if there's a little bit of cover there, and also to spread us out yep. so that we cannot all get hit by the same fireball again. Yeah, makes sense. Anything else? I will actually shout out to uh, Telnalgrog. Remember, this is your tomb, not ours. I don't know about that. <laughs> it is Darthon's turn. Darthon looks at this just abomination floating above him. He's conflicted isn't sure what's going on, isn't sure if he played a role in this creature being here, how he could have not known about it. All of these things are running through his mind. But in a language that only Val and presumably these creatures can understand, he utters a prayer, asking for the forces of life and death, the twin gods, to aid you all in vanquishing this foe and putting this spirit to rest. And he casts Mass Healing Word. Hmm. Nice. So everyone is going to get seven more points of HP. Then as an action, he is going to point at this creature and is going to... He's going to cast Sacred Flame. Rolled a one and an eight on the Uh dice. So that's fine. It is what it is. But does... Nalgroth failed? Yes. 14 points of damage. Nice. It's radiant damages. It is just the green light is just kind of doused ever so slightly by this kind of holy, holy light that he casts. That is the end of his turn. He is also going to like look at Selv, who also is like ran in a direction to get some cover and spread out and also just kind of like crab walk sidestepped (laughs) away from everyone else to try and spread out a little bit. Kaskrin is staring down the skull in the back, obviously, but more importantly, this bone-armored creature that is raging towards us. He is going to shout at Darthon. Darthon! This is your partner! Is there... Is there nothing left of her? Is there no way we can get through to her? And kind of extends the same question to Val, like, is there any part of her that is still there that we can communicate with? 
Or is she, like, truly dead and resurrected and a minion of Nalgrog? I will investigate on my turn. Okay, okay. <laughs> and he's going to, like, implore Darthon, like, there must be something we can do to, Hit to, to her save her. Hit her until I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> In order to try and buy some time, Kaskrin is going to use another new spell. He is going to pull out his giant hammer, run towards the animated creature, and slam his hammer against the ground. A ripple of earth just extends from his hammer all the way 60 feet towards her, and the ground underneath her begins to liquefy, beginning to trap her within it. Please make me a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Ooh, what's the what's the DC? 14. Roll the 14 on the die. Ah, dang it. Okay. But at minus one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, if she had failed, she would have been sucked into the earth and been unable to move. Ooh. But because she succeeded, nothing happens and she doesn't take any damage. She just keeps like, yeah. she, she goes through all the tangle of roots, goes through, just keeps powering through. Like it is astonishing the power of this creature, undead or not, yep. just trucks through. Yep. As part of that spell, even though it failed, I'm going to attach a shielding metamagic to it. So I'm going to use two additional sorcery points while casting it to give myself 10 temporary HP. Okay, awesome. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to harden the rock around my arms and legs, giving me some additional protection. Cool. With the last of my movement, I'm just going to charge up and meet her head on, trying to, to hopefully block some of the incoming damage. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, it's me, Sophie. Do you want more Reckless Attack? Then join our Discord and chat with us in our community. The link for the Discord is in the show notes, or head on over to our website, recklessattack.com. We also have a Patreon. You can listen to our new show, Reckless Snack, and other content if you become a patron. We really appreciate your support, and thank you for listening to the episode. It is now the partner's turn. Darthon heard you kind of turn, or saw you, Kaskrin, turn towards him and, and shout this. And again, he has a, a sort of grasp on common and looks at you kind of quizzically and then looks over, trying to answer the question himself. You all can hear this word, Brinla, which is a name. He just shouts it in his kind of deep resonant voice and it fills the chamber and the creature, whatever it is, keeps running, shows no pause. As this creature runs down the aisles mm -hmm. of the chapel, Mango leaps into action and tries to land on top of Brinla as she runs past. Okay. What do we roll for that, do you think? Because you wouldn't grapple it. No. I'm just trying to land on her back. Roll me a dice. <laughs> roll me a d20. Sure. Add whatever you deem appropriate. Could be dexterity, could be animal handling, could be a charisma check for how cool you look. Acrobatics. <laughs> right. Acrobatics works too. Can I use animal handling just because I'm Absolutely. trying to position Mango in such a way that he can take this leap? Yeah, 100%. Sick. I have advantage animal handling. <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, absolutely. 
21 animal handling. I was going to have it do the AC as the, the DC meets it no problem. Perfect. So Mango lands on top of this creature as she runs past and charges into Kaskrin. Awesome. I'm very worried that the armor is just going to like detonate out of pressure. <laughs> okay. Two things are going to happen. In what might rank among our most anime moments <laughs> of our show, as this creature is just mechanically sprinting towards Kaskrin and towards the rest of you, and is now totally covered in this bone armor. And you can't see a face, you can't see anything. It is just totally, perfectly protected. From each forearm, two jagged bones shoot out, like two, you know, sword javelin type things. <laughs> Hell yeah. And as one gets leveled towards Kaskrin, almost like a lance to pierce you through as it runs up, another one, without looking, extends out towards self and that one fires out of its <laughs> out of its arm okay wait but that's super sick yeah it is it is sick as hell <laughs> top 10 anime moment yeah, right. you have partial cover it's a 22 to hit <laughs> holy shit oh no i can only get up to 18 with my armor class there okay that is a bone harpoon is what that is you take 8 points of piercing damage and you're grappled. I uh, I protest. I would like to use my reaction uh-huh. to grab that. How? <laughs> just remind me. And this is this is only to ensure we're playing this by the book, not to not to dampen any fun. Is there a size limit <laughs> on the bigness? Um, you can use your reaction to deflect or catch the missile when you are hit by a ranged weapon attack. There's nothing on here. I didn't think so, and I just wanted, uh, for the listeners at home, wanted however, to ensure. I would be perfectly fine just deflecting it and not necessarily catching it to be able to return it. Do your rolls, and then uh, we'll see see what, what decisions we have to make when we have to make them. How far is Brynla from me? I'm going to say it is close to its max range, which is about 40 feet. Then I am I am just going to cool. use my, my reaction to deflect it, and I won't... Do you still have to roll for it? Roll well, my, the damage? My minimum is going to be oh, 10 points. Awesome. Because uh, it's a D10 plus 9. So what does that look like as this like just large shard of bone just comes like precisely going straight at your heart? So Selv is kind of from behind the uh, one of the large giant-sized pews, sees this essentially spear coming at him, and he actually picks up kind of a small section of stone and brings it up in order to partially block this spear that's coming at him just enough to deflect it off to the side. And then he kind of pushes the stone off to the side as well because it's heavy. Yep. <laughs> Quite. And, yeah. And then kind of looks around at the others and is like... <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know if Kaskrin saw that because he's a little preoccupied. I am a little preoccupied, yes. As this creature reaches back with their other hand and goes to spear you. Can you first, though, before I do, can you roll me an insight check since you were questioning this earlier? That is a 19. There is, while the movements are very efficient, Mm -hmm. there's something kind of almost mechanical or robotic about it. Again, that's not to say whether this creature is possessed. If it's just a perfectly controlled undead, you're not sure. But whatever it is, it is 
clear to you that it's not moving like a mortal creature would of its own kind of volition, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Now it's time to roll. I assume a 13 misses. It misses. So it just slams down and uh, you just barely kind of get out of the way. And while this creature clearly has reach, Mm -hmm. it is up on you. Like it is, it is not attacking from reach. It is right next to you. Okay. (laughs) This is a surprise, but a welcome one. Please rise and greet our guests appropriately. And right near where you guys, not the doorway, because there is no doorway anymore. There's just a wall. But right where you guys kind of started, you see a small mound of bones. Well, small, made up of giant bones. You've seen bigger mounds of bones today, is my point. Probably right next to Val. Doesn't have to be next to me. It's fine. Several bone constructs appear. And... I would call them skeletons, but they're not full skeletons. There's like a femur that has a skull on top of it. Nothing is like a complete corpse or a complete skeleton. It mm-hmm. is just a mismatch, mishmash of parts. So it's like a mini bone monster. Yeah, kind of. Before. Yeah, but several of them. Like it, they are, are clearly different autonomous things. However, that is the extent of what they do on their turn as they animate. And it is now your turn to round out the order. Veles, Carter, what would you like to do? Val would like to be very, very clerky in this moment mm-hmm. and will use a channel divinity to turn undead. Yep, <laughs> nice. seems good. All right. Cool. I think for the first, t- is the that first, the first time, time this I campaign? <laughs> turn undead. Each undead that can see or hear me within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw DC 15. Okay. So these this was a minion. By the previously used MCDM rules where they get fun bonuses for being all in a group and that kind of thing. But they also, I think, if I recall correctly, all roll one save. They're not all individually rolling. And I rolled a natural one Ooh, on that great, save. Great, great, Cool, cool, cool. So what is it? What happens now? It inform us all as a cleric of uh, that who has never used this before. What's There's what's going a question, on? Like, what's their CR? What are you interested in? What's the what's the number you're looking for there? <laughs> they are above a half. Damn it. So, when the creature fails, it is turned for one minute or until it takes any damage. The creature must spend its turn trying to move as far away from you as possible, and it can't willingly move to a space within thirty feet of you. What does that look like (laughs) as these horror monstrosities like Cronenbergian skeletons all animate and start shambling towards you? What is Val's reaction? Val has her shield in her hand Mm -hmm. and it almost looks like she like hunches and you see her kind of like shaking a bit. It almost looks like she's starting to cry, but you hear her voice grow louder and louder and only Darthon actually knows what she's saying because she is speaking her prayer in giant Ooh. and as she repeats it 
it gets louder and louder as it's echoing off her shield. And you see, actually, the shield is starting to glow. The holy symbol is growing brighter. And as she finishes her prayer, she hits the back of her shield like a bell. Yeah. And you just see this kind of continuous sound wave awesome. reverberate oh. from her. And, and all you see all of these creatures immediately start to, like, scramble away and, like, claw at the dirt and just kind of do this very almost, like, humanish reaction of, like, right, feel these undead things being afraid of something is something that doesn't make sense to a lot of brains. But it is what is happening right now as this group just immediately just like, <laughs> all right, nope, no thank you. Can I battle trigonometry away? Well, I think I'm actually the only one left in this spot. You are, I think. Yeah, you are the only one left. Everyone else has immediately <laughs> run in different directions. Correct. Yeah, Val will battle trigonometry, so she's not close to anyone else. Maybe go the opposite way of Selv as he went to cool. one side of the pews. But right before ducking behind her own pew with no one else by it. <laughs> Got it. Yep. Um, we'll cast spiritual weapon and try to attack the floating skull and her spiritual weapon will be the chalice and she's just going to dump some water on it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yep. 22? Yeah, absolutely that hits. Nice. 10 points of damage. 10 Ooh. points of... Radiant or force? Force damage. There is this unearthly sizzle as this, <laughs> as the water is dumped on this creature and just ah! and it appears to do as much damage as you would hope it would do. Great. Hide behind a pew. Excellent. That is the end of the first round. There is a giant encased in bone that is bearing down on Kaskrin Brightmane. Somewhere above said giant is a desiccated mummy head of a giant which I don't think I've really kind of, like, hit on. Imagine how big the head of a giant is. Because when you think of a oh, disembodied head, you think of, like, a humanoid head. This is a giant head. This is the a head of a giant that was, like, 30-some feet tall. It's the face of Bo. What? Doctor Who. The face of Bo. I don't know that reference. I have no idea. I, I, just... I get it. <laughs> Good. Some, as long as, yeah, I, I, I'm I... sure that listeners out there are like, hell yeah, it is, Steve. I'm just realizing this skull is as tall as Val. I was going to say, <laughs> it's literally probably as tall as multiple people in this party. Mm -hmm. And floating all above you. And sorry. There's also these horrible skeletons that are just really freaked out by Val. <laughs> like a lot. As they should be. Oh, I didn't mean to chuckle when you were trying to be dramatic. I just imagined if this skull dies, just checkers being inside of it, being like, ha, 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 and, like, trying to move it, like, it's cackling. It's like Checkers Fort is yeah, just a see skull See what happens. Now. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Can't wait. Half the party, Aval and Aselv, are hiding behind benches and pews. Kaskrin Brightmane holds the line up front, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with this giant. Darthon is kind of just in the back at the moment, having just been like, oh, I guess everyone else is getting out of fireball range, so I guess I should, too. And... There's 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 three frogs on this giant as well. It is the top of the order. Frog stack checkers. What are you doing? What's going on? What's the play? What's the plan? What's the play here? So now Grog the Deathless sees a blue grong level a crossbow with a shiny rock at him <laughs> and just thunk. Classic. Plop a rock right in his direction. <laughs> Good. Yep. Uh huh. 
I'm gonna roll the hit with a magic stone. <laughs> Plop a rock. <laughs> Fifteen to hit. That's a hit. Six points of magical bludgeoning damage. It all goes through. Nice. So just like bonk against this giant flaming skull. And then Mango channels his inner self as he winds up a punch and tries to just like frog punch this bone armored giant trying to, to crack it open or, or distract it from Kaskarin. Okay. 17 to hit. Hits. 10 points of frog damage. Uh, <laughs> is that magical frog damage? It is not magical frog damage, alas. It does a little bit less damage than you would hope it would do. All right. Cass, you okay down there? I think so for now. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of my I turn. I am not. <laughs> Sal, you just, you just, like, deflected a giant harpoon the size of you, I think. Yeah, that was out of necessity. <laughs> <laughs> That's my turn. Now Grog, the Deathless, surveys the battlefield and says, Only the power of death has any sway here. As it looks down at Val. And once again, its horrible mummy mouth opens up and another moat of light emerges from it and this moat comes right next to you as you are kind of like holding your shield up trying to again hold back these other undead and just explodes in this green mini sun as it casts flaming sphere next to you listeners I just like you know I'm making a real sad face at Nathan right now <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, actually no you do have to make a saving throw as this thing slams against you as a bonus action the natural one. Oh. Uh. You take nine points of fire damage. Okay. And that is the end of Nalgrog the Deathless's turn. Selvastulin! Oh, boy. I would like to move so I am within 15 or so feet of Nalgrog the Deathless. And once I get there, I am going to attempt to hit him with the Fist of Unbroken Air. First attack. Nine. Oh. Miss. Second attack. 25 to hit. That hits. Five points of bludgeoning damage. And against Nalgrog the Deathless? Against Nalgrog the Deathless. And that also counts as magical if it needs to bypass okay. uh, anything in particular. And then I'm hoping that because Nalgrog is a head, <laughs> mm -hmm. their strength score may not be as robust as, say, a fully formed giant. That is um, not unreasonable. So I'm going to spend a key point and make Nalgrog make a strength saving throw or be pushed back 10 feet and knocked prone. Ooh. Hmm. And this is not a spell, correct? This is not a spell. Good. And I rolled a one. Ah. <laughs> All right, that's another one. You're going in timeout. It's the same one. They rolled the. Thank you for being a man of honor. <laughs> I'm bringing up my maroon DM dice. Oh, no, oh. not the maroon one. Oh, no. Yep, it's time. It's enough of that. We're all going to die. <laughs> uh, so, with that second burst of air, Nalgrog gets knocked backwards and tumbles to the ground. And then I am going to yell to Kaskarin. Do that ripple thing again. Trap him. Well, here's the thing. It's up in the air. Uh, ooh, quick. Because if knocked prone, no, it doesn't actually. It's a hover, so it wouldn't be knocked prone. Is that correct? I don't Probably. know. Probably. Sorry, everyone. Wait, wait. Quick check. Hover. Speed. Uh, flying. Uh, prone. 
Okay, so here's the rule. Hover. If a creature can hover, it can remain in the air if it is stunned. It does not say anything about being knocked prone. Did you find something saying, different? Yeah, if a flying creature is knocked prone, has a speed reduced to zero, creature falls unless it has the ability to hover or is being held aloft by magic. So Got because it. it is hovering, it can't fall prone. Well, okay. is it hovering? Does it have the hover? It ability? does have, it does have, in parentheses, hover. hover. Alas. Dang it. Okay. So that uh, that negates that particular. I like I liked it. I know. Yeah. I was I wanted you to smush the skull, the <laughs> yeah, skull on the ground. Sweet. That would have been cool as hell. Uh, I was imagining like a little flaming tumbleweed. Right, and especially if you just knock it out of the air with wind, it's cool as hell. <laughs> and then have it on the ground, and then trapped. And... So you you punch out with all the all of this wind, and it is just like sent spinning in midair, but it is still held aloft by all of its eldritch magics. It's still knocked back 10 feet. And it is, exactly. And so, yeah, it goes like tumbling backwards, but doesn't uh, kind of go all the way to the ground. In that case, I will use my bonus action to just do one additional attack. Awesome. 17 to hit. Nice. Six points of, of bludgeoning damage. Hey, self. What does it look like when you explode this thing? What? <laughs> what? What? Uh, Selv kind of runs up and tries to, again, summons the, the little small vortexes of wind around his, uh, his wrists and tries to hit this thing, uh, misses the first one, hits with the second one and knocks it 10 feet away, tumbling through the air, and then follows up with one more and just watches the whole thing, like the bone just kind of shatter and the flame get put out by the wind and then Selva's just kind of standing there going um, and looking around for the real one <laughs> <laughs> everything's I, totally fine and normal I don't know what you guys are there's a lot of silence there's a lot of kind of crossed arms a lot of suspicious glances thrown at me I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about uh, so I would like to use my movement then to move a little bit closer to the giant in bone armor, mm-hmm. but remain in cover behind one of the pews. Okay. Darthon looks around and his eyes fall upon the, we'll say, corporeal form of what is or was his partner. His huge legs start churning, covering the room in a few steps and he comes right next to Kaskrin and you can see him he plunges one of his hands into kind of this armor of bones and you can see just like cutting him mm-hmm. as he does it and he keeps repeating this name Brinla over and over as he's doing it trying to claw at this creature you can start to see now Kaskrin that there is just like starting to be remnants of again that storm motif dress underneath but there's also bone still kind of like shifting and trying to cover up the patches that he's ripping out Kaskrin it is your turn okay I have a number of dumb ideas yep one is there a space where I could maybe reach into like the shin and like touch Brinla without touching the armor like are there any gaps you would have to make an attack roll, and you would take a little bit of damage. But the bone isn't, like, perfectly tight, so I am totally fine with you just, like, cramming a hand in. Okay. <laughs> Gross. Because I'm wondering if I can enlarge Brinla without enlarging the armor. Hmm. Give it a try. Okay. 
I am, I like it. I'm going it. to try. I see what what Darthon is doing, and I'm going to try and like get Brynla to like burst out of this armor that is formed around her. There's a lot of ducking and weaving as she's you know moving around trying to stab at Kaskrin with her friggin' sword arm. But he reaches in towards a gap at the right moment and touches her actual leg behind the armor mm-hmm. and casts enlarge, trying to basically blow her out of the armor that she's encased in. Okay, what is the saving throw I must make? It is a constitution saving throw. I'm sure it probably doesn't have very good constitution. Probably not, no. What's the DC? 14. That's a pass. No! I really like this idea. Uh, I love the idea. Heck. But you can you can feel this push against you. This vitality mm-hmm. this undead something this necromantic something i should say not necessarily undead necromantic something push back against you as you try to impose your will and make this happen with the two trying to save each other i just keep thinking oh that's so necromantic <laughs> <laughs> anything else Kaskrin? that is it unfortunately i'm gonna still stand here and maybe try to do something next turn it is the partner's turn She's still going to make two attacks, one against Kashkrin and one against Darthon. First one, ooh, 25 to hit. That'll hit. But mm. only does seven points of damage. Okay, I reduced that by three, so it, it takes a little bit of the temporary HP off, but not too much. Awesome. And, ooh, that is a hit to Darthon as well, and he takes 10 points of damage. Uh, and this thing is just continuing, just like, again, has replaced now, now has both of its kind of like shard, bone shard swords back, and it's just still stabbing wildly at you guys. It is the amassing of skeletons turn. They just keep vibing, right? They they, just, or they, they start, just, they, they, they run away. Run. They have to spend their action <laughs> to dash. Yep. They're they just, vibing away from her. They vibe <laughs> away, but they are still active. Yeah. Val would like to remember anything about mummies mm-hmm. about why this flaming skull is gone but still has control over Brynla yeah give me and a religion like, check is there a way is there something else we gotta do to kill it yeah give me a religion check guidance uh oh, wait hold on it's an action yeah, no, if you want to spend the action too ugh 11 so this is covered by your 24 earlier mm-hmm for defeating mummies, you have to find their heart and burn it, specifically. Mm. You haven't seen a heart. It's been a head. Yeah. But, you know, who knows what's in that sarcophagus around the way. But the 11, I wouldn't even say is enough of those skeletons are still animated. Something's still up with Brynla. This doesn't maybe feel... It's not over. Feels not over, maybe. Val goes to the sarcophagus. and Are you going to double move? All the way across the room? Yeah. Okay. As Val is running, she will shout back, I need to find a heart and set it on fire. <laughs> and we'll... Oh, no. <laughs> you know much, small god botherer, but it will not be enough against Nalgrog the Deathless. For I will consume you all, everything that you are, and I 
will use your life to fuel me. Kaskrin. Actually, yes. Kaskrin and Checkers. Checkers <laughs> is a front row, a, a weird front row seat, but also a front row seat to this. What Checkers sees uh-huh. is suddenly what bone remains on Brinla. And you guys put a good dent in it. A lot of it was missing. Suddenly shifts off of her head. And suddenly you just like, you see all of these just like long flowing locks just kind of tumble down her back and, you know, drapes over you ever so slightly. (laughs) And Kaskrin, you can now see Brynla's face. You hadn't seen it before, but you can now see who this person is. Because of your earlier insight check, it does look like this person is in some sort of trance. Like, they they don't have gray skin, or they don't have unnatural or undead skin, but they just don't look well, and they definitely look out of it. Mm -hmm. But what makes them look less good is when the desiccated head of Nalgrog the Deathless reforms on her head like a morbid helm or mask and looks down at Kaskrin and says, We are not done. And that is where we'll end this week's episode. Yay! But why? See you next week. (laughs) You don't have to do this to us, Nathan. I do that. (laughs) I do. Also, none of you bastards acknowledged my amazing pun. You don't count because I told you it when I was laughing at it. I renamed our Asana channel Reckless Attack. I, I, I saw and that. And nobody said anything. I saw that. Nobody said anything. Where is this? In Discord. Mm. I'm in a lot of Discords. Yeah. I, I, I am happy what I'm keeping up on our Discord, which is the literal only one that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's very good. good. Yeah. yeah I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I was like, ah. <laughs> hey, but you didn't say that's shit. True. I, know. I should have. I should have recognized Sophie's genius, but it didn't make me happy. Dropped an it. LOL or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Lulz. Lulz. Yeah. Lulz. Tasks. Lulz. Yeah. Yeah. Task. David. Lul at joke. Yeah. yeah. Complete. We, let's take care of that right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, David had to like listen to me giggle for like yeah. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Lul. She said. Yeah. Lul. Yeah. Lul. <laughs>